Simo, yep. Ernest, no. I don't miss you, but I need you. I need y'all like I never did y'all before. Billy! What's up, baby? I'm gonna need you too. Man, we in this together. We deep in these goddamn streets. You ever see the nigga in the gutter? Mm-hmm. In the streets, like the gutter with a water flood? Right. I'm that nigga. I'm all the way in the gutter. Yeah. Oh, you know, brother! You know what? Let me tell you how we're gonna start this thing. Talk to me! We're not smoking today. No smoke. Delay no smoke, y'all. Y'all smoke at home. Day two, no smoke. Y'all keep smoking. Keep smoking. We're we not gonna do it today. Not today. Uh, I'm going to tell you what you're going to do. Go ahead and get your glass poured up. We didn't already started drinking. We couldn't wait for y'all. We got Mm-mm. real problems for this bitch. Um, glass up. Today's uh, drink of choice is sponsored by our good friends over there at 20 Grand. 20 Grand. Vodka Cognac. We like what y'all doing in the community. We appreciate it. Y'all help me get through this day, 20 Grand. It ain't Steven Seagal. We started out with Steven Seagal. We see, now, we still fuck with Seagal. Seagal is still in the back. 1760 imported 12... Yeah. Thousand barrels of that shit, I believe. Yeah, they did. And you know what they had? They what had they wicker lined in the inside of their barrels. I figured it was something like that in there. Yeah. I definitely yeah. figured it was something like that in there. So this one wicker. is uh it's a special one. It is a special one. Um this is two uh black dads. Let's go with black dads. I like that. Yes, yeah. cheers to that. Cheers to the black dads. Drink to that. Well, drink to that, Billy. Mm. I know you got shit going on. Two days would be my daddy's birthday. He would have been fifty nine. Mm. September 23rd, he will be 59. You know, it's crazy how you be having shit planned out and then that shit don't go that way. Right. And then you there and then shit. You know, that's what we're here for. We ride shit out, we figure it out. How you feel about that? You coming up on your dad's birthday. How you feel about that? You know what? It's crazy. I honestly, I, I'm, I'm numb to the date and to the date get there. Mm. And I got to figure out what that's going to feel like that day. Because a lot of times what happens is people start reaching out that know, mm. hey, you know, they start, the texts start coming in. Like, fuck. Hardest thing I did this week was going through Facebook. I went through my Facebook messages. I had about 700 messages I had never read and never opened, never replied to. I got through about 300 of them. But I, I didn't want to go in there because I knew what was in there. I'm talking about the messages tore me out the frame. I'm in that bitch crying, replying, talking. One of my homeboys, LaRon Harris, I'm gonna shout him out. Ron, yeah. Chattanooga, Tennessee. Whooped LaRon ass in the third grade. Mm. LaRon was my first real fight, fight, fight. Like, hey, niggas talk shit and hyped it up. Right. And shit started at school. We was it people around? Huh? People around to see oh, the fight? Oh, let me tell you something. Me and LaRon, let me tell you something. We played little league baseball, we played T ball together. This was your friend. Oh, yeah, I mean, we was cool. I mean, but to this day, mm-hmm. called me a bitch. Mm. And he told me he called me a curly Q head bitch. That's what he used to call me. Is that what kicked it off? That that was it. Cause I kind of had got to the point where there's no more bitches you was gonna send my way. You 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 reach you know, a bitch limit. I didn't I didn't curse. You reach his know, bitch I didn't limit. curse like that. I would right. see people curse. I'd be like, oh, they, they, they cursing. Look, right. I didn't boy. start cursing until like later on in life too. So I was like, bro, you this the last time, dog. We played right. football, pee wee football together. We played baseball together, t ball, my nigga. We did everything around each other. Our daddies is line brothers. And this is shit you gonna do. I'm going to whoop your ass, LeRon. You got to whoop Ron's I'm ass. Whoop Ron, and I've been taking karate my whole life. Oh, you finna get a karate ass. Ron just get know all that nigga street fight shit. Yeah, this is karate. This is technique. I'm whoop LeRon ass. Man, we get to that boys and girls club. My granddaddy dropped me off. And he knew something was wrong with me. He said, hey, man, what's wrong with you, boy? You been looking all down all day. What's, what's going on with you? I said, nothing, granddaddy. Hey, now, you're Sorrells. Hold your head up. Somebody run up on you. 
Ball your fist up. You know what to do. That's it. That's what I always tell you. Ball your damn no fist up. You know what I'm saying? Or bite them. My grandma told me to bite them. You know what? And if 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 my you know if that was the advice that I had and that was it, I would roll with that. You know, it's a time to bite. It is. It's a time to bite. You ju- three niggas. Somebody getting bit. My grandmother told me anything somebody do to you, you do it back. That's cool. I got my offer that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Dog bite you. Bite the fuck. Bite dog. that nigga back. Fuck that dog. You know how hard it is to bite a cocker spaniel? Let me tell you something. You can't bite a cocker spaniel like <laughs> that. It's too much fur. It's a lot of fur, bro. And they, they ain't got enough meat on them. To, to nah, you're going to be having a lot of hair in your mouth trying to listen to your grandma bite the goddamn cocker spaniel back. But go ahead. That's what grandparents do. They tell you shit. They don't give a shit about it. Mm-hmm. So I go in that boys and girls club. And mind you, we just left from school. We over at the boys and girls club. We finna shoot ball. You know what I'm finna do? I'm finna whoop Leron ass. Leron, you got an ass whooping coming. Let me tell you why I call Leron that. Because Leron fast. Now, one thing about Leron, he was a little bit shorter than me, but he was very, very quick. I said, I'm gonna get Leron ass at some point today. I'm either gonna catch him in there in the room playing foosball, or I'm gonna catch his ass out there by that pool. He don't know he got an ass whooping coming. Or no, does he? he know I got an ass oh, whooping coming, but he know how it is. You you third, fourth grade. You don't thinking about ass whooping like that. No. Oh, shut your whole ass up. And he walked off. I said, all right, I got you. Got you. I'm whooping Leron ass. That's it. So I'm walking in the pool. I walk in the foosball area where they playing, you know, foosball, table soccer. I say, where Leron at? Nobody. I ain't seen him. Mickey hooping. I go and look in the gym. Leron ain't in there. Leron is out there having the time of his fucking life out there at that pool. Him and my homeboy, Fat Tyson. Now, Fat Tyson, I might have mentioned before, Fat Tyson was the person who shitted in the pool. That's what Fat Tyson did. Okay, he's a shitty he, guy. He's a notorious shit in the pool right. nigga. He shits. It, on purpose. In the pool. Oh, yeah, he ain't giving a fuck. We playing sharks in the middle, minnows in the water. Nigga, we in the third grade. Why the fuck is we in a 12-foot deep end? This is a severe deep end. Right. Treading water, trying to sit there and catch niggas. Because if right. you get stuck out there treading water, nigga, you out there. Right. But you jump from the side, you can dive over and get out there. I come out there, Leron is diving over. I said, I'm going to get his ass as soon as he go to the other side of this pool. Leron... He swum his ass all the way across the pool. Didn't get caught for sharks in the middle. Right. Got to that side. Put his ass up on the thing and was sitting there like this. Man, I came smooth over. Ooh. And that's when, you know, that ooh, when that ooh hit. Ooh. And I just started grabbing around around the neck and I choked him. Yeah. I said, you're going to stop messing with me. You're going to stop messing with me. that point, nobody's breaking it up. They like, man, little Billy tripping. <laughs> hey, so so I'm on it. You know what I'm saying? They're like, oh, this is real, this is real squabbing. Yeah. Now, my shorts at the time was up. Absolutely. So as this fight is progressing, these shorts is going higher and higher up. My whole thigh out. I don't give a fuck. I got LaRon ass pinned down and I'm stealing on this nigga. Right. I'm angry. And you know when I get angry, you know what happens. You're going to cry. Oh, right. I'm crying. You got to cry. Tears is coming down. I said, you're going to leave me alone, nigga. You're going to leave me alone. Gerald Perry came over. He was the, the director of the Boys and Girls Club. Grabbed me by my shorts, pulled me up, and grabbed me off. That's how little we was. But he picked me up. By the shorts. So by the shorts. Gerald Perry had a, a real-life kid and played flat top. So he grabbed me, pulled me back into the goddamn Boys and Girls Club. Ron is out there crying in disbelief because he didn't got his ass whooped out there right. real bad. Real bad. I get in there. I sit there, they set me on a little a pew. They got a pew in a gymnasium, a church pew. A church pew. We sitting on that I pew. Know you done fucked up when you're on that pew when they come in there. My granddaddy come in there. He looked over and see me on that pew. He looked at Gerald Perry. Gerald Perry said, hey, man, Mr. Real, I want to tell you. Grandson got on somebody's ass out there, man. He got on somebody's ass out there. I don't know what he did to him, but he got on somebody's ass. Now, you know, there ain't no fighting up here at the Boys and Girls Club. This is a place where good Christian men can come together and work out and do what they're supposed to do. Mr. Real, I got mad respect for you, coach. You know. But I just got to let you know, your grandson, he jumped on somebody else. Yeah, somebody else. 
Granddad looked him in the dead eye. Looked me dead in the eye. Looked him back dead in the eye. He said, God damn it, that's what you're supposed to do. Absolutely. I that's told him to get on his ass. That's what he do. We surrails. So now I'm sitting here frozen in this moment. Like, God damn. Well, I guess I ain't getting in trouble tonight. I walk over to my granddaddy. And I knew him in my brain. I'm like, man, shit, this might be hairy. I don't know. Maybe this one of them secret whoopings that's going to happen later on. Right. Don't say nothing in front of you to bring it back. I said, granddaddy, am I going to get a whooping? He looked at me, dead in my eye, and he said, did you miss me? God damn. He can't whoop a man ass. He can't whoop he a man ass. He just told him to defend himself. He can't do it. Hey, man, I'm Billy Surreal. I'm D-Lay, man. And this is the Did, Did You Miss, miss me, me podcast. Hey, man, this is a storytelling podcast, man. We talk about real life, real life shit. Again, shout out to our people over there. At 20, 20 grand. Vodka and Cognac. We appreciate you. Man, like we said, today is about black dads, bro. What's on your heart, bro? I'm glad you asked, Billy. Today was a rough day for me, fellas. It was a rough day. Yeah. I, um, I got some news a couple of, a couple of days ago. Um, that my dad is dying. <clears throat> now, for those who don't know, I, I got an interesting lifestyle that most people don't even know about. Grew up with no mother, no father. Um, my mom was killed when I was nine months old. Was stabbed. My dad was never there, so my grandmother raised me. My grandmother died when I was 12. I was pretty much on my own at that point. I was living with my aunt, so I'm pretty much on my own. So my dad was never there, and I got through life and did all the things and made the accomplishments that I, need, that I needed to make. And I got to a point where he and I could talk. Right. I was at an age where I could talk to him and tell him. How old were you when you started talking to him again? Um, I just got to college. I just got to college. I was 17 years old. Right here. Yeah. I was 17, and I was able to articulate how I felt and wanted to know I needed some answers. I needed some answers from him right. as to why is he's absent. Mm -hmm. Why are you absent? Yeah. I'm a good kid. Why? You know I come from a fucked up family. I come from, you know, you know my uncles and aunts. You know, yeah. you know what we're dealing with. So my, I had a lot of questions. Um, Did he I was always, you? he tried. Well, okay, so why, why wasn't he in your life, you feel like? He, his explanation was um, he was on drugs. He was while and doing this thing, I get that, cool. But at some point, you have to mature and say, okay, let me be a father to this guy. Because I played sports all my life. I was an outstanding athlete. I played everything. Yeah, as we've heard. Everything, so. And I went down in Alexandria. Yes. They told me, they told me about it. I, I'm your ex-teammate. Yes, man, I, 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 basketball was my thing. So when I was young, it was baseball and it was basketball. And, I'm, I'm the city's, everybody in the city know me. I'm, I'm, I'm doing my thing in there. So my question was, why is he never there? Why, why aren't you there? So I asked him when I was of age or able to articulate, hey man, why weren't you there? And he gave me the explanation, you know, and I, I, he, I accepted it. What did he say was the reason though? He was on drugs, he was irresponsible. Mm -hmm. He should have been there after my mom was, was killed. He, he was sincere. I'll give it. He was sincere. And it felt you, sincere. How old are you? Young? 17. This is, this is, I'm 17. I'm having this conversation at 17. So we're talking, and I'm like, okay, I get it. So let's try to find a way for us to have a relationship. Yeah. So it was sketchy over the years, throughout the years. I would see him. He'd see, I wouldn't see him. We would talk via text, or maybe he'd call me. So after a while, I realized this isn't really real, I don't think. Then I came to the conclusion. I said, I don't think... I have the type of relationship with him where if something happens to him, I would even show an emotion. I probably wouldn't even cry if my dad died. 
And this morning, when I got up, I, my, my, my sister told me that, you know, he was, he was planning out his funeral. He was, you know, um, writing out his will and what he wanted and what he wanted to leave us. And, what he, and it hit me. It hit me in that moment. I said, I'm not healed. I'm not done with this. I thought I was in a position where I could move on. He leaves and he's, he's passed on. And I can say, oh, well, I got my sons and now I can teach them the things that my dad should have taught me. But I wasn't closed out yet. And I'm still not closed out. So Monday, I'm going to go see him on Monday. But through all this, I'm realizing regardless of what you think, you feel when it's parents, when it's parents involved, there's a connection that has to be there. Especially if I can see you. Mm-hmm. If I see you, I know you're still living. I'm like, even if you're not there, even if it's somebody out there who has a father that's on crack, a mother that's on crack, and you feel disattached from them, there is still a connection. Yeah. They had you. That never leaves. That connection never leaves. So it hit me, man. It hit me this morning when I replayed my sister saying, oh, he's planning out his funeral. Yeah. He knows that there is an end point and the end point is nearing and he's planning out his future and, it got, and it, everything hit me. And I said, I'm not done. I'm not, I'm not over this because there's still some shit unanswered. Okay. I have become who I am right now and going to elevate to more. You should have been there. Mm. I wasn't ready. I thought I was over it thinking that, well, we don't have no bond like that, like me and my sons have. So whenever something happens, it's going to be like he a stranger. No. He's not a stranger. He's my dad. But I'm not at peace with where our relationship is because I still feel. Still feel what, bro? I feel like. I feel like he still owes Didi an explanation. Because as an adult, I'm still feeling shit that I thought I was over as as a kid. And it's like, wow, look what I turned out to be. How could you not want to be a part of that? And the fact that I've become all of this without you. I gotta know why. I gotta know why face to face before you leave. I need to know what. You can't give me the excuse for drugs. You can't give me that. I need to know what would make you want to abandon me. And I realize. I'm just not at a point where I'm able to release him and let him go without him clarifying for me. 
Bro, do you understand, bro? Listen to me. I joke about it now. But there's a moment that will never leave me. I remember waiting on my dad to come and he never showed up, bro. He, he never showed up. And I waited on the steps for him to show up and he never, he never showed up. And I thought I had released that. But to this day, I still wonder I remember he was supposed to take me to the Battle of the Bands. He was supposed to come and take me and my sister to the Battle of the Bands. And it's for the uh, Southern. Brand. It wasn't. It was a high school thing because the high school in the area I went to was a black high school, and they were renowned for their for their band. Yeah. And all the different schools, St. Augustine, all the different schools in Louisiana, were coming. And I remember, because I lived in the area that was close by the school, so I remember around five o'clock, the band is warming up, I can hear them warming up. And I went and sat on the steps. And my grandmother said, he's not coming. I don't know why you keep believing in him. He's not coming. And I said, yeah, he, he's coming. And he never came. And when I look at my sons, I try to be everything that I wanted him to be. I try to be everything that I wanted him to be to me. And that's why I'm so influential in my son's lives. That's why we can have conversations about whatever and be open. Because I try to live that life that I wanted him to be to me through them. Yeah. But I still need clarity. Because I got to know. Here's the thing. I wish, I wish in my heart that I could honestly tell you I'm a person that's about to walk through something that I can prepare you for that, but it's not. I can tell you this. And it's funny, the parallels in our life, the similarities that we have, and in the drastic polar opposite differences. My daddy was there all the time, every game, every day, wake me up, take me to school, taught me this, taught me that. Even when I became an adult, it's like, I really believe that that's another phase of parenting that happened from the time I was 18 to now, you know, to now. So, I wish that there was a way I would believe that a word or any statement or sentiment he would tell you would make that go away. 
that it, that if he was there, this would be an easier process. But it's not. I'm so selfish, and I'm realizing in this moment, like hearing what you're saying and what simple thing you asked for. One thing. For a lot. You're asking for one moment, and I'm thinking about how selfish I am to have had so many moments like that. To take, not necessarily say I took them for granted, but to be like, here you are, we grown men, you asking for one moment that you wanted to understand, and I done had all these moments, and in the end of it, the bottom line is you still just want your daddy, bro. But you know what, Billy? That shit is, I- Here's I, the kicker. Let me just run down to you a few things that people don't even know. Yeah. There were moments in my life that were big to me. Yeah. And for me, everybody could be there. I, I wanted to see his face. Yeah. And even if he showed up and like he showed up at my graduation and was proud and felt honored that I was walking across the stage, I wanted him to feel that. And I know he didn't even contribute to it. But then it was moments where he didn't show. I went to officer candidate school. I was in the military. I only did it as a challenge. I didn't want to fucking do the military. But I said, I'm going to go ahead and do officers candidate school because they say it's the hardest in the country. Louisiana has the hardest candidates OCS school in the country. And I said, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to fucking excel at it. Went in, excelled at it. Mm. Graduated top of my class. And when you graduate, everybody's parents Mostly fathers will pin you. They'll pin your rank, your second lieutenant brass, your rank on your collar. And I remember saying, he ain't coming. So I got to back up. Well, you got to get a... Well, you got to get a backup for the man that provided life for you. Do you know how that makes you feel? I had to get a guy that was a father figure in my neighborhood to pin me. To pin my rank on me. And the whole time he's pinning me, I'm smiling, but I'm hurting. Because the man that I want The man that I want to pin me is not there. He's not only not pinning me, but he's not there again, again. And it just looking back on it, it's like I've made it to this point and become an amazing man. And yours, you're still not there. And that is what I got to find peace with through talking to him. Yeah. Because those moments I can't get back. But I got to know, what is it in you 
that looks at me and the man I've become and not, why don't you, why don't you want to celebrate that? You know, you know how this shit go, bro. You know how this shit go. And you know what it is when you're away from your kids and you and your brain, you don't know exactly what you mean to your kids. And I sit here, bro, and I'm sitting listening to you, dog. And it's making me want to fight harder for one of my kids that I have, bro. You have to. You don't have a choice. You provided life. That's what it's about. If you provide that life, it's up to you to cater to everything that that kid needs to make sure he becomes better than you. Bro, it's, it's crazy because without me being there every day for him, I'm in my brain, I'm tired, bro. I can financially contribute. I reach out, I call, and to get rejected, bro. To keep me from being who I know I'm supposed to be to this kid, dog. Because it ain't like I don't know. You know, to turn more food. Like, I want to be there. I want to be involved. And it's like I have to eat shit to do it. And it's making me, hearing you saying it's making me want to fight harder, fool. Listen to me. Listen to me carefully. You feel like you got to eat shit? You keep eating it. You got to keep eating it. Because guess what? Later on, I promise you, they'll be my age and they'll look back. And they won't have, they won't have this grief and this pain that I'm feeling because I'm now feeling that I'm still hurting because little Didi is still in me and it's unanswered questions that nobody could answer but him. And I gotta know, I gotta know what makes a man. And for me, you can't put addiction on it. I was addicted. I've been addicted. I was fucking a gambleholic. I've been gambling since I was eight. I'm a risk taker. That's why I'm here. My family said, you crazy. You dropping out of LSU to do what? Because I'm a gambler. I don't expect nobody to see my vision, man. It's not your sight. But when you look at what I've done and you don't want to be a part of it or you don't make yourself a part of it, or you don't try to give some kind of justification for why you were absent, I can't live with it, bro. And I got to get this closure. I got a drink, Billy. Fuck. Hey, uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're gonna check back with y'all in just a second. Billy Sorrell's Delay, Did You Miss Me podcast, Black Dad. 
What's up, everybody? I'm D-Lay. And I'm Billy Sorrells. This is the number one storytelling podcast in the world, people. We're here for you guys, and we're doing mm-hmm. something special. Patreon.com is a site that you guys need to check out. We're doing special things, exclusive things for you guys, mm-hmm. like uh, early access to some of the episodes. Yeah, man, most definitely. Bonus content that you wouldn't find anywhere else. Yes, discounted uh, 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 merchandise. Oh, yeah, we're giving away a lot of shit. People, you gotta, but this is for, for some of our serious followers, our people that are really down with the Did You Miss Me podcast. We're doing these things for you guys. And if you're not familiar with Patreon, go in and we'll give you guys all the luxuries that Did You Miss Me Podcast And you know, you know how we know if they're real fans? How do we know? They know this number right here. 323-385-9734. We'll get somebody over there to you. I'm hurt, bro. I'm fucking hurting. You understand me? I feel you, dog. And do you understand? My fans don't know. I gotta make them smile every day. Who makes me smile? Who puts who puts joy in my heart? Who makes me laugh when I get messages all day long how I was gonna kill myself and I started watching your page and I, I was depressed and I started watching your page. But who who comforts me when I'm going through what I'm going through? Nobody thinks about the comedian because he's the one distributing the fun and the joy. But when he's in depressed states and he's in dark place, who caters to him? Nobody. I'm real like everybody else. I have feelings. That's your walk, bro. You know what's funny? That's the thing that people, when they see you, they don't know how broken you is inside. (sighs) The stuff is that we go through, the shit that we care. But... God made us this way for a reason. He made us. He made us. He made us this way, bro. And he didn't do it by design. By design flaw. This is no. man. No, it's that's not. Ain't no design flaw, bro. No, at all. And, not at all. And, and, and and that's the part, like when you start rebuilding. What it is, you know, to be your foundation of who you are. You gotta put them bricks back. And. You play like I play, dog. You went through what you went through. In your life, you got to find some things that ain't moving. Them things is in your life ain't moving. Certain things about who you are. Because what I hear, and I can tell you, bro, I think everything I've been going through in these past six months has happened for moments like this. The counseling, the aid meeting, the, the drug classes, the... Anger management, the court life, all of this has been for this for these moments. Because that's something I learned. You can't control people. Love is free, bro. Love is love without expectation. And forgiveness isn't for them, it's for you. Because you can't change that. You can't take, you. it's nothing he can do. He can tell you, man, I wanted to be there and I wish I could. That's all he can tell you, bro. And you know, that's the hardest thing is, is because we personalized. When you personalize it, and I, how dare me, bro? How dare me try and tell you what you got to get over? And I'm not telling you that. I'm telling you part of this is just forgiveness. And, and that for people listening to this shit, forgiveness and understanding you have zero control over other people's actions and what other people do in their actions doesn't mean anything personally directed at you. Right. That's a part of your healing because 
you know, the people that I love most may not give me that love back. They might not give me that affection back. But I can't expect that because love is free. Right. In any book, in any walk of life, you're going to hear about the ultimate love being free will. Right. Like, dog, I don't know what you believe in. I don't know, you know, what people believe in that listen. If you want to, if you're a Christian, you hear it, you hear about Jesus, you hear about God. Hey, man, God don't control us. He let us make our decision. Free will. He free will love you, bro. It's all right there. They tell you. It, it is on show you that way. They be like, God, you got, you know, got to love your wife like Christ loved the church. Well, he ain't had no church. Right. Nigga was in the street. So what that tell you? He's that mean his love was for everybody. That mean even if you don't do the things on a day-to-day basis that you feel like you got to do to be good in his eyes, he still love you. He ain't trying to control you, but you're going to pay and atone for the consequences. Right. And the moments that you wanted him to be there for. Them moments is moments he missed out on. That was his, that was, that was, that was Jews in his crown. Because those moments as a father to see your son accomplish and achieve, as much as it's for them, it's for you. Because it's a thing to, to remind you to keep going. And some people don't see it that way. Parenting sometimes gets tricky because some parents, uh, I think there's some food. Fuck. Hey, can one of y'all answer this? It's, I think it's a food person orders delivering some food. Just, just, bro, like that, 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 for, that is for them. Right. But you know what I'm saying? You, 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 you got to remember that you can only control your actions, bro. You can't make nobody respond. You can only control your responses. And see, right. once you start looking at it like that, she gets real, real simple. Counseling is told me today. It was like, man, look, bro. You know what your purpose in life is? You know what your passion in life is? Your purpose in life ain't to be a father. Your purpose in life ain't to be a husband. Your purpose in life ain't to be a comedian. Your purpose in life ain't to be successful. Your purpose in life ain't to be rich or famous. Your purpose in life ain't to be in love. Your purpose in life ain't to be somebody's mama or daddy. Your purpose in life is simply one thing, key to life. Learn to control how you respond to the things that life throw at you. Because you got zero control over that. You can prepare yourself in all those assets of how do you prepare yourself. Well, I don't know. I, I want to prepare myself financially. You can do that and be financially literate, but you can't control shit that happened in the, in the financial marketplace. Right. You can just prepare yourself to deal with it and make the adjustment and not have an emotional response. Each thing that you face and love, somebody cheat on you, you ain't got no control over that. Your girl fucking over you, your nigga fucking over you, ain't got nothing to do with you. That's a personal choice they made. And if you get cheated on and you go cheat on somebody back, well, nigga, that's on you. Right. Because there's plenty of people that's who get how cheated you on respond to it. Right. who don't respond that way. You know what but, I'm saying? But check this out, Billy. And that's the hardest shit for people to swallow because we want to control shit. But, bro, all this life is free will, dog. I tell you this, my daddy not there. Three things I wish I, I would have did. I wish I could have saved my voicemails that he left me. I would some days I just want to hear my daddy say, hey man, I love you. And I'm always gonna love you. You got a chance, dog. You got a chance to break history, bro. You got a chance to reset the whole thing. You gotta change your mindset, you change your life. But here's the deal, Billy. I've forgiven him, but I need you to talk to me face to face and give me these answers. So he's planning out his funeral. Go get him. And he <clears throat> is writing out his will. And 
I don't, I didn't even, I don't know what he got. I don't know him like that. So he's divvying up land between me and my sister. I know what that act is. You want to make something right. I ain't mad at that. Yeah. And at one stage, I was like, I don't care what happened, man. He ain't got to give me nothing. He can let his wife have it. And then I said, fuck that. You owe me. Mm. You still owe me that. I got to have that. I just had a birthday and it hit me. I've just reflected. Sometimes you grind, 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 no celebration. You go, 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 and you don't even look what, look where you started running from to look where you're running at now. And it hit me, I said, I got all this way without him. I'm not holding that as a badge of honor. Mm-hmm. Little boy needs a daddy. Yeah. But I happened to do it without him. Wouldn't that want to make you, as a father, say, I'll push embarrassment to the side. If he's open to receive me and having a relationship. And at that, because how I am, bro, I know why I am the way I am now. Yeah. With me growing up with no mother. Mm. And people don't understand like, why you he act like no this mama? with these women? That's why I fuck with so many women like I fuck with. And then when I have one that embodies everything that I want, then I cozy up to that. But until I see that, I'm, ha, 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 ha. I'm you're not gonna catch my attention because I come from an environment where people are leaving me, bruh. Let me give you a rundown. Born into the world. Nine months later, mother killed. Grandmother's raising me. Here's a kicker. Nobody's giving explanations. Hey, she got killed. Don't say nothing. She, let these boys, don't tell them the whole story. I just found out the real story of how my mother got killed last year. Because my family was keeping it from me. I can't hold that against them. I'm going to just charge the ignorance. Grandmother's there. Now I have a bond with my great-grandmother. Love her to death. Dies. Oh my gosh. I'm a kid. What is this God stuff y'all telling me? And I'm a kid and I got to deal with all this? Never questioning God. More like just confused. Yeah. Grandmother, great-grandmother dies. A couple of years later, grandmother dies. Just think about this. I'm not even in a teenager stage yet. So I'm experiencing these deaths, not including the uncles, aunties that are just going. So I'm seeing people leave. So I'm seeing people leave. So I'm pe- people leave. So in my mind, I can't get attached to you. Because you're going to leave me. You ain't going to be here. So when females, like, I don't understand how you get, you got to have what it takes. And you can't do nothing to draw me in. I got to like you. You know, because I come from a place where people are leaving and going constantly, constantly, constantly. How he fuck with so many people. I'm used to people going in and out. So let me just get comfortable with in and out. But if I find that what I like, it's cool. But here's the deal. Nobody, the, my dad is the smartest man I know. And, and I'm not, people don't even, like, if you listen to me talk prior to me saying he's the smartest man I know, then you think he's some little bum ass nigga. My dad is the most 
articulate man I know. I love to hear him speak. That's where I get it from. He's an orator. I'm an orator. My sons are orators. My sons is a fucking number one debater in the state of Oklahoma. He was whooping ass in the fucking, he was a 12-year-old whooping ass. What's your daddy doing now? He's a preacher. My dad's a preacher. Get the fuck out of here. Yes. He ain't got that many members, but. <laughs> Shit. He's a preacher nonetheless. There you go, boy. God. Damn! <laughs> Shit, he finally opened that bitch up. <laughs> Woo! He ain't got that many what? members. Hey, he ain't got that many members. He's gonna ask me to go live for him. So, okay, that's a whole nother nah, situation. Nah, you know what? You stay in there. You know what? I'm gonna shout out to somebody right now. My Aunt Carla. Yeah. Yeah, my daddy's young, well, almost youngest sister. With your four member having ass. Yeah, they yeah. gotta get their numbers up. Out here paying 1200 a month with four members. Quit this shit! Stop, man. Stop, Stop running this goddamn building! Get the building out of there. Got my goddamn cousin, Nick. He out here running sound and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they be having a real Let me tell you what you did. Adopted some kids. Yeah. I ain't got no problem with that. She get the kids right at like 11, 12. Groom them. Guess who running the fucking church? The goddamn kids. kids she done rose up. This boy is 18 years old. He's out here trying to fuck some bitches to get drunk. And you got him running sound. That you got my cousin digging. Nick in here. You got my 76-year-old grandmother in here. Now you done drug my 97-year-old great-grandmother in this bitch. She come from a thriving church. Now you got her and this old dry-ass service falling asleep eating sandwiches and shit out of cooler bag for these three goddamn people. Y'all pack grandma lunch up. Now y'all take grandma to fuck home get out this goddamn church. Goddamn it, it's five people in here. We ain't even getting money from three people. Just ask them for the fucking bread. Put this 1200 back in the pocket. <laughs> Got my, my grandmother drafting her goddamn General Motors check trying to pay for this fucking beautiful ass building in the middle of nowhere. There ain't nobody in there. That doubles out of the goddamn yoga dojo Tuesday through Thursday. But Sunday, it's the house of the Lord. <laughs> Quit this shit. <laughs> Fuck is wrong with you, bruh? Fuck is wrong with you? You got $1,200 rent and you getting $80 in ties. You draining these motherfucking people. Billy, it's hard to tell somebody to quit church. Quit. It's hard. Some of y'all need to give it up. Consolidate. You're right. Sell You're this right. building in this land and rent it out. Get the shit out of here. Go, go join up. There's no reason why we have a New Bethel, New Mount Zion, and New Mount Vernon all on the same street, and everybody got 40 members. Quit it. Yeah. 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 Hey man, and you know people don't know this shit. We know this shit. Funny part is when I met D-Lay, I didn't know that. I didn't know none of that shit. I found out that the abandonment issues that we deal with helps us understand the logic. Bro, my mama left me when I was 10 years old, fool. Now, the cold part about it was I watched her gradually get further and further out of my life. We left Chattanooga, Tennessee, moved to Houston. She got this big job. Daddy proud, bro. My daddy did it. Cause you know why? My daddy went through what we went through. Same woman I talk about this up here, spending money, draining her savings to run a church for my baby auntie. Same woman walked out on my daddy when he was five, bro. Me, my daddy, was both raised by our daddy, Dolo. People hear me all the time, they be like, damn bro, you don't never talk about your mama. Love my mama. Had to. I loved that she was great. But it's something about that. 
It's like, I can share with you, like, like I empathize with you, like, fuck. Makes me more appreciative. You talking about you never had no relationship with your mama. Now I'm must gone. I know how much harbor and resentment I felt. But guess what? Coping mechanisms, coping mechanisms don't change. Deal with this shit the same way. What's wrong with me, bro? Why don't she want to be here with us? I remember the day, bro. I remember the day. And I wish, honestly, dog, and it's going to sound selfish to me, I wish, I wish I didn't go through that pain. I wish I didn't know my mom until I was older. Or that I didn't go through none of that at all. Because having a parent there that ain't trying to be there or that don't want to make that sacrifice, it's the most frustrating shit. I remember this day very clear. It was Saturday. And I didn't even tell you, the movie Love Jones, Bill Bellamy in that movie. I never wanted to watch that movie. Why? You know why? Why? Because back in the day, you know what happened with movies before they came out. What they put out first? Motherfucking soundtrack. The Love Jones soundtrack. That Love Jones soundtrack was a haymaker in the R&B community. But I hated that. That Love Jones soundtrack, and I ain't never told nobody, that Love Jones soundtrack is the soundtrack to my parents' divorce, bro. Them tracks, and whenever, wherever, whatever, Maxwell tears me the fuck up. <laughs> tears me up, nigga. Because my daddy bought my mama Explorer. Nine five. <laughs> Eddie Bauer, leather seats. You niggas are heartless in the background. Man, fuck y'all. Just man. know Simon and Ernest. Hey, dog. <laughs> hey, bro. Hey, bro. These niggas on this podcast are fucking heartless. Hey, man, fuck y'all. Yeah, you know them niggas name y'all yell out when they at Starbucks? Heard it, Simo. Them niggas are heartless. God, heartless niggas. You got two grown men pouring their problems out, and you niggas laugh. That's what they do, though, bro. Keep going. Don't worry about keep, it. Fuck them. Keep talking, Billy. That's what we do. <laughs> 95 Eddie Bauer Explorer. Leather seats. Jurassic Park green, bro. Mm. Look just like the car in Jurassic Park. Yeah. We thought we was the shit. It ain't last long. We got about three three months in that in that Eddie Bauer. The people can't got that. Then it started coming back smelling like funny cigarettes. That's what my daddy said. Funny cigarettes. That's weed. Now that's fu- funny cigarettes. Weed. That's weed. My mama sell insurance. Where the fuck she buying weed from? Mm. Hmm, I know. A nigga named Daryl Drisdale singing a little three piece band over there off, off Alameda in Harm Clark area with a ponytail, keyboard player. That's who got the weed. Yeah. That's what's going on right there. Yeah. Yeah. Mama left. For him. For him. Chasing some bullshit. Didn't explain nothing to you? Ten, bro. My mom and dad, they they stayed separated for almost two years. My mom would come back to the crib. Daddy would be there. He'd be like, your mama coming over tonight. We clean up the house, me and my sisters. We get shit spotless, nigga. We get in bed, we be laying in bed. And we hear mama come in, she come in and stick her head in the door, hey y'all. And I lay in that room and I wait. She go in that room with my daddy. And I was like, they gonna fix it. Oh, mama got enough time with us, read my sister's story, got what she needed out of that house. She got it. Fucked my old man and left. 
You know what's, 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 what's damaging is? What's damaging is? Because cause this is damaging. And I done been through this. What's damaging is when you trying to give salvage dick out. Relationship save a dick out. That's the best dick a woman can ever get in her life. She ain't even realize it. Right. Because this nigga been thinking about this all day. He's trying to go for everything. He's trying to fuck you back home. Yeah. You know how fucking emasculating you got to feel to give a woman all that pleasure and all that happiness and all of that shit, provide everything and do this shit, and then they still leave? I used to watch my dad just like he was crying, bro. And Kyle, daddy would sit in a folding chair and cry in the middle of the fucking bedroom. Daddy's house right now, I remember I was sitting there with him. My sisters would be outside playing, and I'd sit in there and watch him cry. For two years, he pleaded with my mama. I remember the day she left, nigga, we all grabbed onto him, like, don't leave. Because it, it didn't make sense, dog. But them streets, dog, them streets be calling your name. And when you go through shit, I, I, I never dealt with it, bro. I was just like, all right, cool. Billy. Now, guess what? You know what, Didi? Guess what I'm out here on? I'm on them. I ain't got no high school sweetheart. Right. You hoes ain't shit to me. I'm I'm running through you all the way. Right. Until I find something that gets my attention. Until I get somebody, you know what? And if you if you you blow it, hey bitch, goodbye. I'm and Cause get, the person who's supposed to be here to love me, dog, the person who's supposed to teach me what love is about. My daddy didn't teach me what love is about. He showed me what love was. It was never I love you, I love you, nigga. He showed me that. His actions, his sacrifice. He wasn't a, he wasn't that dude. And my granddaddy, my granddaddy wouldn't even hug on my daddy. That was one of his biggest gripes that my daddy had with his daddy. He was like, man, you was here for me every day, but you didn't give me that emotional support. Like, he just was a no-nonsense type of nigga, dog. So when you got that edge on you, and these women out here coming at you, you know, man, I'm not giving in to you. Right. You gonna do me like my mama did my daddy. My daddy the best nigga I know. And you left that nigga? You crazy. That mean I ain't, that mean, guess what? I'm gonna show you what this is. We're going to hang out. We're going to have a good time until I'm through dealing with you. And I went through that until one point. I was two kids in, and my wife looked at me in my eyes. She said, Billy, you, you damaged. This is one of the reasons why like, I would never leave my wife, like, regardless of what the fuck happened. matter no matter what. She sat me down. We had been married probably a few months. People don't know this. Me and Courtney was dirt poor, bro. We, we drove out here in her, in her Pontiac, slept on a, a broken air mattress for a year. We had roommates. We did whatever we did. We came from nothing, fool. All this shit that we got, none of this shit. Now nah, we ain't come with none of that, nigga. We had a fucked up air mattress and a bag of clothes and some dreams. Nothing, nigga. You know how bad it is to feel like you love this woman so much, nigga, and you can't give her a wedding ceremony because you ain't got no money in your account? I had $300. My wedding cost me $150. I had $150 left. I took $50 and took her out to eat that day. I ain't even had no ring, D-Lay. D-Lay? I ain't had no ring, bro. Nothing. Billy, let me share something with you that I've never shared with anybody in my life. It's only one person that even knows this. My sister don't even know this. And I blame my daddy. You know, Bayou Classic is big. Right. I had a moment where one of my relatives told me, <laughs> and still to this day, as I think about it, it's the most 
hurtful thing I've ever had to take. And I blame my daddy. Bayou Classic is going on. If you don't know what Bayou Classic is, it's Grambling and Southern. Big deal in Louisiana. Everybody goes to New Orleans. They play in the Superdome. Right. <clears throat> at Superdome one of the, the colleges time. is in Louis is in New Orleans. No, they go down there. one's in Baton Rouge. One's in Ruston, Louisiana. <clears throat> Shout out to Grambling. I'll be there November first, homecoming. Shout out to Southern. I'll be there Tuesday. September 25th, homecoming. Again, accomplishments. He won't be there. But I'm good. Bayou Classic is going on. I am 12 years old. Mm -hmm. I don't have any money. I don't come from a family where you get allowances. And I got to do what I got to do on my own. And I don't want to do... The streets, I don't want to do, I don't want to, I, I'm at this point now, I'm just going to ask you, I'm a good kid, I'm going to ask you and you just should be able to provide because you know what my situation is. So we're getting ready to go and my friend, uh, who's my childhood friend at this time, uh, Ronnie Jones, mm -hmm. Him, he's got two parents, he's got a mother and a father. Uh, Ronnie Jones Sr. is actually the guy that pinned me during my my commissioning ceremony. Hey, somebody outside. Can you grab one more? Thank you. Go ahead. He's the guy that pinned me. Ronnie Jones Sr. pinned me during my uh, my graduation Ronnie ceremony. Ronnie Jones Sr. He's the guy that pinned me for my commission in, in the military. That's funny. Ronnie Jones. Ronnie Jones, yes. Ronnie's mother. Okay. Keep so going. Ronnie Jones and his and his their family. Ronnie Jones Jr. Ronnie Jones Sr. Yeah. Their family, they go to Bayou Classic every year, the big Gremlin fans go every year. So my grandmother just died. I just moved to that neighborhood, became friends with Ronnie. Ronnie's dad, like, hey, we go to Bayou Classic every weekend, you know, you know, get you some money. We, you know, we go get you a couple of dollars. We go to, you know, Baton Rouge, come with, come with us. I asked a family member. Yes. I asked a family member for some money. Yeah. I didn't, I just needed some money to go down to New Orleans. And she gave me some money. She gave me $20. You 12. To go to New Orleans. That's not enough money. So I said, my cousin had got some money too. And he had got more than me. And I said, eh, um, could you give me some more money? I mean, my cousin, he, he got more money, he, you know. You gave him more money, can you give him more money? You know what she said to me? What'd she say? He got money because he got a mama. As if I had control over my mother being dead. And I blamed him because you could have been there, bruh.
And you could have made that happen for me. I swear I have to be put in this fucked up position to be told some shit like that. He's got to answer some questions. Man, I applaud you, brother, to take that courage to go on that journey. There's a lot of people who wouldn't go on that journey. There's a lot of people who wouldn't go on that journey. It takes real balls to go face that. Hardest part we got to do is people too is face the demons, dog. Face the shit that our worst fears. Face getting the answer to the question we really don't want to know the answer to, but we need the answer to. Cause it's a process. You gonna get that answer. I got faith in you, cause you gonna go down there, you gonna get the answer. May not be the answer you want, but you are gonna come back with an answer. But just give me an answer, bro. And you know what? Go get that answer. Get that it closure. Right. You know why? That closure is a stepping stone for your healing. What you gotta do. No matter what the fuck he say, gotta forgive him, bro. You gotta forgive him. Again. Even if his answer is whack, if he tell you some whack ass shit, forgive him. You're right. Forgive him, bro. <clears throat> forgive him. Because the only person who carries that grief when he go is you. All right. I want that land. You know what? I want that land. You gonna get that land. I want that fucking land. I know you that. tell him that too. You tell him what you gonna do with that land. And then what you do is I know what I'm doing. I'm giving it to my sons. I already know what I'm doing. I'm giving it to, I don't I'm giving it to my sons. Hey man. Sins of the father, bro. Sins of the father. Tears of the clown, dog. It's just it's shit you deal with. You know who told me? Kiron called me today. He said. And I was like, man, I don't even care. Shout out to my dog Kiron, man. I was like, man, I don't even want that land, man. I don't want the insurance money. I don't want that. He said, nigga, fuck that. That's his debt. I was like, you're right. You're right. Don't turn it down. He's got to make this right with you. Can I tell you something? Humbly, as your partner. That's a very good way to look at it. I can't, I can't find no father in that. But I'm gonna tell you something. There's not a dollar figure in the world. It won't. I got you. That measures up to the worth that you got, that you deserve for yourself, bro. Ain't none of that. That land to land, mm -mm. Them moments and feelings, it's invaluable. Right. But I still want that land. Get that land. I need that I goddamn tripping. land. We gonna come down there. We gonna we gonna tailgate on that fucking land. Yeah, we gonna do some shit on that we land. Gonna fuck some shit up. We gonna let our kids run around on the land. Absolutely. I'm, I'm off. <clears throat> but remember, healing. You gotta adjust. What Mayweather do? Your shoulder roll your ass. What that shoulder do? It's gonna protect him. What is protecting your chin, right? You gotta protect your guess chin. Because if I get a clear shot at your fucking chin. I'm going down. You're going down. What that shoulder do? Take some of this shit off me. Mm -hmm. You know what that forgiveness do? Take some of this shit off you, bro. You, uh, you know I need to shoulder roll my daddy. You got to shoulder roll him. You got to shoulder roll him. You know why? Because that's how life is set up. That's your job. Your task in life is to deal with this hand. We played two games. We talked about two very solid situations of playing games, playing dominoes. 
You're a great craftsman on the table playing dominoes, spades. We, we done been countless places, gambled, made money, walked out of there. You already know the risk is low, bro. Tables is low. It's $5 tables you finna go in on. Boy, that's fucking good, Billy. It's $5 tables, nigga. And you a master craftsman, nigga. You know this conversation. You already know what you finna go in there with. Bro, put your shoulder up. Don't run in there with your chin out and your emotions out. Get your block knocked off. Now you out here dazed. Put your shoulder up. Forgive first. Let him walk in with give him what he gonna give you. Not even the monetary shit. Let him give you his, let him explain himself. Right. You know what you do? Forgive him. You know what you do after that? You start building right on that. You say one phrase. One phrase. You say, hey, look. If it is for anybody that's been hurt, that's hurt somebody. Easy way to start over. First thing you got to do is account and acknowledge. Account for the shit that you did. Now, in this situation, you was a son. You ain't do shit. But you know what you got to account for? Harboring that feeling and keeping that space in there. You just made me think about something. Because we going through something. That means that somebody out there is going through something. And we help them. So if we need to help them, we got to do what we do. You got to do that. Because you know why? Because you got to come back and tell what that process is like. And see, what that's going to do is, people that's watching this shit, they don't know your life. They get a glimpse of it. They don't know my life. They get a glimpse of it. Had the same pants on. Fucking last four episodes. They don't give a fuck. Just get the material. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. You know what? I don't give a fuck. I didn't even know you had the same pants on. You know why? Because you not looking at my fucking dick. All right. Right. <laughs> so if you was a woman that commented talking about me having the same pants on. You probably looked at his woman, dick. You was a nigga looking at dicks the whole time. Right. You was a dick watching bitch. That's what she is. That's what my daddy said. Right. Hey, don't be in the dick watching, son. Right. He, he said, Pete, get on out of here. Big game. I ain't no talking. Get ain't no talking in the urinal. My daddy don't like that. My daddy's like, hey, man. You hear dick watching is what you're doing. <laughs> and too much talking, you dick watching. <laughs> he told me, he said, hey man, my homeboy Jason used to come in here and want to do all that talking in the locker room. He said, hey man, you're doing a lot of talking in there when niggas got their dick out. Your mouth open, hold you Your mouth open too much. Shut up. Niggas got their dick out. Shut up and turn your eyes somewhere. Go look at something. Right. Ladies, ladies, if you got your mouth open, give us a call. 323-385-9734. We'll get somebody over there to you. Keep your mouth open, though. You got to keep your mouth open. Hey, and you know what? My mama. Right now, bro, my family, dog. I ain't saying to say it. Going through it, bro. But I got them. I got my wife. I got my kids. Yeah. Got all my kids. Baby mamas, I got them. I ain't tripping. My mama, you know, I had to start rebuilding it. I had one phrase I said, I said, hey, mama, I just want to create with you the possibility of having a fun, loving, healthy relationship where I learn from you and you learn from me. Can we do that? Ain't no amount of time is going to be enough because you're going to always want more. Get small things to get you through that shit. Slip that jab. Them voice memos, get that voice memo out. Sit that phone down, let your daddy talk. Ask him the, sh- ask him the real shit. Right. Hey, so what drugs you did, nigga? What kind of drugs you do? Right. Hey, it's cool. Because you done drugs. I done drugs. I done had addictions. You got addictions. You went through your life. Now you gonna, it's going to unlock that door to help you understand that. You ain't with your kids every day. I'm not with all my kids every day. We fucking traveling the world healing fucking people. We can't be, bitch. We can't be everywhere. That don't mean our kids don't deserve to have us there. That's what the fuck we do. It's just like them niggas that fight fires. Nobody giving a fuck about 
uh, what's going on in this motherfucking personal life, put this fire out, bitch. Because my house on fire, I left the goddamn chicken grease on too long. But it's a job. We got to do that job. We provide a service, nigga. To the fucking community. Give a shit if it's YouTube, Instagram, iTunes, iPod. Give a fuck. This motherfucker's watching us in Germany. South America. We touching people way over there with pain and shit we've been through. So guess what? It's our job. We smile when we do it. Wait a minute. Hold on. Give me two seconds. I'm Go ahead. It. Don't just just take just your pause time. To get seconds. in there. Hmm. Mama told me something. She said, "I do the things today that I don't want to do, that others wouldn't do, so that I can have the choice." to do the things that others would never do. We doing a lot of shit that people don't wanna do and wouldn't do. But this puts us in a position to tomorrow, do some shit and have some choices people ain't never gonna have. I got I'm you, Billy Sorrells. Delay. Hey. I'm not Billy Sorrells. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Hey, bro. I'm not, delay. Not, I'm Billy Sorrell. Clearly, this nigga's Billy Sorrell. But the Hennessy told you you was Billy Sorrell. The Hennessy yeah. and our good friends over at 20, 20 grand. grand Vodka Cognac. Told I you. needed this. Simo, Ernest. Yo. There's no way I could have done this without y'all. Billy. Hey. I love you, man. Hey, can, you know what? We got to tell these people one thing, though. Know. Go ahead. If you out there watching this right now and you're going through something, put your hand toward the screen. I always wanted to say that. Okay. I don't, okay, but no. If you out there and you watch this and you going through something, let me tell you something. No matter who it is and what it is you facing, you go into it knowing that you got everything in your life experiences to prepare you to face it. It's all in you. It's already there in you, bro. What you what's for you is for you. You gonna get it for you. Leave here, bro. Stay committed to your process, regardless of the outcome. And when your problem comes up on you. Because problems come up. They're going to come. They, nigga, they show up. They show up. Repo man, lights getting cut off. Yeah, my lights got cut off. I don't give a fuck. I run a statue cord, bitch. I'm going to tell you, like Carlos Miller told you, I don't give a fuck about them lights. We still stars. We still fucking stars, we bitch. We still And we're going to shine. Got to shine. And when you see your problems, you know what you do? You turn to your problem. You look at dead and eye. And you say... Did you miss me? God damn it, problems. Get the fuck out of here. We landed that bitch, didn't we? We did. That's the realest podcast, the the realest show that we've ever done right there. The caps. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Let's go here with it. Um, Look here, y'all. Check this out. Go straight into it. We're doing only exclusive merchandise on these hats because we sold the fuck out. Y'all done bought the shit out these hats. This hat's got python. I went in war with Snoop today. He told me my blunt rolling wasn't shit. But check this out. This hat, I got some pussy in. Who's pussy? That's my business. That's right. Now, the thing is, you can get this hat right now. All you got to do. Exclusive. Exclusive. $50. Okay. $50 fucking U.S. dollars. Put it on your head. Not just any kind of $50. Hold on. Give me the marker. Hold on. Actually, guys, I didn't know we only had one. I want to sell this bitch for 75 now. You know what? Now you know that what? I know. Hey, you bitches buy Yankee caps for 80. Ho! 
Tell me I'm going to sign that bitch. When the last time A-Rod signed a Yankee cap for you, bitch? If he signed it, I ain't tripping. But he ain't signing them in the store when you buy him. Billy Sorrells and Dillard signed them. You know what I, I feel like? You know right. what I feel like? $80 now, Simon. You seen his goddamn hat the whole fucking time. CC, you know what? $80. Would you pay $84? Hold on. Yeah. Hold on, Didi. I, I feel, I feel, we need to take this shit up a notch. Fuck it. We got two hats for sale, bitch. And they hundred dollars a piece. You know what? I'm with that. No, fuck you that. You see me crying in this goddamn fucking, hat. I'm not playing. I hear my tears he in this cried. fucking hat, bitch. He cried in the hat. We, we cried in the hat. He cried. We bonded I in the cried. hat. We cried. I didn't even light my daddy candle over here because I couldn't do it. Listen, you know what? Actually, we're gonna we, this we're gonna do. We're gonna embroider these with our signature on them. Maybe on the sides, Billy Sorrell's delay. Delay, we're not gonna do all that. Fuck them. They gonna, gonna <laughs> okay. sign this fucking shit. Gonna sign it. And they gonna buy it, bitch. I totally agree with that. Because that's what the fuck we do. And you take a picture and we show you your video. And you know why they gonna buy it? Why? Because they actually rock with us. They do rock they with us. They actually love us. They're gonna love us and we're gonna sell it for 100 US dollars. Because you know why? Right here. We black dads. Get y'all mind conditioned, people. Now, all right, here we go. Subscribe. Oh, okay. we, we still, we can't go all the way. What's oh. up, everybody? I'm D-Lay. And I'm Billy Zarell. This is the hottest story podcast telling things that you have as her- Running back again. I'm D-Lay. And I'm Billy Zarell. And this is the Did You Miss Me podcast, the best storytelling podcast that you guys ever heard. Make sure you subscribe. Go to SoundCloud, SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube. YouTube. Uh, review the whole thing and go and leave a comment, people. Let us know how you feel Share, about it. nigga. We this ain't, here, shit don't cost you nothing to share. It nothing. If you, if you just, ain't gonna buy shit, just share. share but we want you, you to buy talk shit. shit. Share and talk shit. We definitely want you to hey, buy shit though. Hey, I don't like your mics. Hey, Billy had on the same pants. Hey, fuck you, buddy. Hey, Billy's a fake smoker. Yeah, I'm a fake buy smoker. Buy the goddamn hat. Hey, well, bitch, come and smoke the weed with me. I wish I could sign the bitch right now. Somebody gonna buy it as soon as the episode ends. They buying it. It's got to go. It's hundred. Ain't but two of them. The hat sold. It's out of here, people. Somebody just bought it. I, I felt it.